0: everybody, welcome to the first episode of Pushing Buttons, the video game podcast made by three guys who love video games. I'm Robert. My name is Kyle. I'm Kevin. And we just love talking about video games. We talk all the time. Uh, We wanted an outlet to get all of this video game goodness out of us, and we thought a good way would be to share it with all you Basically,
1: guys. Basically, our boss gets mad at us when we talk about video games on the clock too much. We all work together, yeah, so yeah. we see each other a lot, and there's a lot that we don't get to talk to each other about. And
2: our passions are just so fiery, we have to get it out <laughs> you somehow. Have to
1: hear it in his voice. Yes. <laughs> and that's why it's called Pushing Buttons. <laughs> <laughs> the goal to
2: is to push each other's buttons, <laughs> and from there, get some good discussion out of it.
3: That's right.
1: Well put. Uh, to get things started we want to introduce ourselves and to get to know each other better by discussing our favorite games and it's more of a subjective for some of us i suppose uh, okay. we haven't talked to each other about what our lists nope. are not yet and we we're just wanting to know more about each other that's why we <clears throat> excuse me came up with this as an idea mm-hmm. for the first podcast episode and how long have we been talking about doing this ooh 10 years the, the
0: <laughs> For you guys, maybe. I don't know. Well, I don't
1: know. Kyle since and I have known each other sin- for like 16, 17 years now.
0: Since high school. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Robert
2: is new to our Yeah. Our past couple
0: group. years. He I know ever since I've fold, started.
2: Early at a young age. Full of bright possibilities.
1: <laughs> and now look at us. <laughs> sitting in a dark room with cardboard <laughs> microphone stands.
0: <laughs> it's awesome.
1: <laughs> We've come so far. <laughs>
0: it's a start. It's
1: exciting. I'm pumped. We've been talking about it for too long, and I finally said, you know what, guys? We're going to do it, and here we are. Feels good.
2: Mm -hmm. It was our destiny. So we've each picked
1: five games that we could classify as our favorite in one fashion or another. I'm going to start off and add a couple of honorable mentions. They're games that I really, really enjoyed, but didn't quite make the cut for one purpose or another. Uh, I want to talk about The Binding of Isaac Rebirth. I loved the original Binding of Isaac Flash version. I know Kyle played that. I know yes, Robert I did not. It. Nope. So the, hell out of it. the original Flash version of The Binding of Isaac, and I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it, it's an honorable mention. It's a top-down, it looks like a cartoony version of Zelda, but it's morbid. It has religious overtones. Uh, you shoot tears at your enemies and... <laughs> The the first boss is killing your mom, and then you crawl up into Ow. her and kill her heart. What? Wow. It's it's a morbid game. It's amazing the the mechanics behind it, the random generation of it. Uh, they finally just released the last booster pack. I'm really hoping that printer's not going off. <laughs> it
2: is forever and ever and ever. Oh, it's done. Okay, Woo. okay, okay. Woo. we're good, back. guys.
1: The uh, endless possibilities with the items, the the synergies of the, the, the weapons, and it, every run is different. I've played the original Binding of Isaac I probably put about 300 hours in. Uh, Rebirth with Afterbirth, Afterbirth Plus, and those are great titles. Um, After. Probably 700, 800 hours. I don't even wow. know because I own it on the PS4, PS That's Vita. Amazing. I have it on Steam. I, I have it everywhere. They just released the last booster pack to it and added like 800 new rooms and added just a bunch of stuff to it um like I said I'm not going to go into too much detail but I've spent a that's the game I've played the most
2: in life
0: (laughs) I don't know if I've played any game that much I know that's dedication right I can't
2: say I own just as many copies of Resident Evil 4 and Dark Souls as you do Binding (laughs) of (laughs) Isaac
1: that's fair that's fair did you just give us a spoiler as to your what no, your list? Okay. Not okay. at all. Just making sure. Uh, Diablo 2 was late middle school, early high school for me. Uh, that's probably, I don't know if it was my formative years of gaming, because I definitely played games for years before that, but it was the first game that I really, really dove into and fell in love with. You guys know what Diablo is, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, everybody knows Diablo. I I love the first Diablo. I was a hardcore cheater in that game. Actually, in the first Diablo, what I would do is I downloaded uh, a program. It's called Boba Fett. And it allowed you to hack items into the game. Or what I loved to do was when I killed other people, their eardrops. And I'd pick up the ear, and I'd export it to a file on my hard drive. So I had a folder full of people's virtual (laughs) Diablo ears. And I was, God, I was probably nine years old. Nice.
0: That explains a lot. Yeah, I thought so, too.
1: And by the end of Diablo 1, what I'd end up doing was checking to see would people join my game if they were cheating. Mm. And if they were, I would go in and end up killing their character and collecting their ear. (laughs) I was like the, the vigilante of cheaters. It was great. The last honorable mention, It's I really wanted to put this game into my top five, but it, ugh, there was one game. It was a toss-up between this and another game, and you guys will guess what it is. The honorable mention, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Mm, good one. That was my favorite. Mm-hmm. I love
0: Star Wars. Uh,
1: it's <laughs> not a secret. I'm going to talk about Star Wars a lot, I'm sure, as... We do. As we all will, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Except for not me. Not as much.
2: Yeah. Not so much me, but yeah. these two,
1: yeah. <laughs> Knights of the Old Republic was, for, for me, it was where Bioware was its best. I know mm-hmm. other people point back to Neverwinter Nights and that era of top-down RPG, but just being set in the Star Wars universe and it being its own story in the Old Republic, something that the movies never touched on and later books and comics did, but that's all retconned anyway, so... And the game is too, so doesn't matter in the grand <laughs> scheme of things. <laughs> but I loved that game. I I played it probably three times all the way through. Not to mention how many times I started it again and never played it after that. Mm. It was. Did you guys play that? Did you play it? I know you. Did. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that for sure whether or not you did. I'm, we yeah. probably talked about it at one point. I'm sure we
0: did. Yeah, I I think I only played through that once, and the sequel. What class but,
1: uh, did you play? You soldier. God. I know you. You I, are a
0: soldier. I yeah. I am definitely a soldier. <laughs> <laughs> Any game where you pick a class, I'm yeah. Either. Mass
2: Effect. You did the same thing. Yeah. Wow. So
0: I I, I like guns. Soldier was the one shooting class of Mass guns in games. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Clarify. It's not one of those podcasts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> soldier is one of the classes in Mass Effect. I didn't play. Um, I'm just gonna get right into my list. Uh, Mass Effect. I'm not... These aren't in any order. I'm just going to read them off as... Kind of as I typed them and as I want to talk about them. Mass Effect was, to me, Knights of the Old Republic... Republic? Knights of the Old Republic. But modernized it from a mechanics perspective. Though they even modernized that some more with the shooter aspects. But it told... Story created its own universe that was separate from anything that existed prior to the the first novel that came out. I pre-ordered that novel. I read <laughs> it before the game came out. I have the the collector's edition of that of Mass Effect, the tin cover yep. with all the, with like the art book. And, I do. Too. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hardcore fan, right there. The end of Mass Effect, or toward the end of the first Mass Effect, is where I was. I seriously paused the game, and I had to walk around, and I, it was it, it blew my mind. I'm, I'm going to get the game's so old now. I'm going to talk about <laughs> spoilers, so I know there were other ways that Saren could end up dying in that game, but when in my in my playthrough, when he killed himself, that was or attempted to kill himself before turning into some weird robot thing, uh, I, that blew my mind. I was like, it, it showed him struggling with what he was doing and what what the Reapers were doing to him mm. with the indoctrination. And after reading the book and hearing how he was this badass specter, he was basically Garrus with a little bit of Captain Anderson yeah. until he met the Reapers. And mm. they slowly influenced him to be more of a, a renegade. I <laughs> hate using those terms. <laughs> he was definitely... He, he turned out to more of the right trigger than the left trigger by the end of that. But... <laughs> <laughs> that game I I know the mechanics aren't fully there for the the shooter they they went forward with the series and made it better for most people I enjoyed Mass Effect 1 better than anything else in the series just because of what I felt when I played it at the end of it it was it was just overall the best story Mm -hmm. from a video game Mm
2: -hmm.
0: um Yeah, I love that game.
2: Fantastic game. Uh, Just to add my own two cents into that. uh, I still feel like the sequels kind of tarnished the legacy of the first game a little bit.
1: I I agree.
2: I kind of understand where you're coming from, though, because at the time, it was incredible. It was. Like, driving the Mako around the planets, that was Mm -hmm. humongous. Like, just the fact that you could explore outer space Mm -hmm. and feel like, you know, it wasn't just... A map with nothing really in it, but it was a great game at the time. It it was fantastic and like, writing.
1: That's where that's what it was for me. Was the writing? Yeah, that's yeah.
0: Had a lot of ambition.
1: It did. And yeah. then EA bought Bioware <laughs> and killed the ambition and upped the a the combat theme
2: for tonight's episode. I
1: think. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna go from there to one of the very first games I can remember playing: Doom Two. I've played that game. The soundtrack is incredible. The soundtrack is still my favorite. I I love video game soundtracks. Mm -hmm. Uh, Doom 2 has one of the best soundtracks to any game I've ever played. It's bar none. Just the the frantic feeling of it. It it gets what Doom is about at its essence. And that was a lot about the soundtrack. It it brought first-person shooters... From where they were before that, which I think Wolfenstein 3D was slightly before Doom.
0: A little bit, yeah. But
1: it, it I'm going to sound like an idiot if that's not true.
0: <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Someone fact check that. <laughs> we're
1: not. But Doom 2, I have memories of my dad playing Doom 2 on, on the internet with a buddy of his. We had to buy a second phone line so my dad could play Doom 2 online with, with one of his friends. Because that was when you had the the 56K or 288 dial-up modem. Remember those days. Having second, third phone lines in houses or just couldn't call anybody. But uh, Doom 2 has still an active modding community to this day. It's probably left the biggest impact on the first-person shooter franchise or genre up until Call of Duty. Mm.
3: And I'm not a big Call of Duty
1: going in the same vein of games that were from my childhood Sonic 3 and knuckles if anybody knows me they know that I'm a Sonic fan yeah, that is true I'm not one of those hardcore Sonic fans that if you're on the internet you've seen them I
3: love <laughs> I love the Sega Genesis Sonic
1: <laughs> I love the Sega Genesis uh, Sonic games Sonic 3 and knuckles was my favorite. Of those until Sonic Mania came out. Sonic Mania is fantastic. Mm. It's so good. And they're coming out with uh, a physical version of that, Sonic Mania Plus. And I think the physical version actually has a reversible case where it could look like it's a Genesis cartridge case. Mm. Which is that's really neat. Cool. It, yeah. And Sonic 3 and Knuckles, it, it sounds... I, I hate the name of it because it is two games. But it was meant to be one game played as one game. He even brought in that cool flip-top cartridge for the Genesis where you could put another cartridge on top of it, stack it, and if you do that, you just have endless emerald stages. The 3D, you get dizzy walking around collecting blue spheres, hearing wooka, 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 wooka. I'll never make that sound again <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I, I, I just remember my dad bringing home the Sega Genesis when I was a kid, and at that time it was the, the original Sonic the Hedgehog. Fell in love with that game. I didn't like Sonic 2 as much as most other Genesis Sonic fans did. But Sonic 3 and Sonic and & Knuckles, <clears throat> those are damn good games. I can say damn. Yeah. It's our podcast. Damn. I can say damn. I think damn's about the extent of it. <laughs> it's a damn good game. It's a damn good game. Um, There was a time in my life that... I stopped playing video games. I'm like, no, this is a waste of time. It's not going to get me anywhere. Mm. Everything was going the trend of Guitar Hero and Call of Duty. You know what brought me back from that?
2: Mm. Guitar Hero Metallica.
1: That was a lot of drunken fun. <laughs> <laughs> Please drink responsibly. That was a lot. of I looked at the microphone like it was a camera when I said that. No one will know. Spelunky. Oh, yeah. Spelunky brought yeah. me into that. Mm. If I'm going to have... A procedurally generated game in my top five, my favorite games of all time. Splunky is that game. Mm. Have you, Robert? Have you seen that game? Not the I, not the original pixel free version mm-hmm. of that game. The Xbox Arcade, yeah, version. the Xbox Live Arcade slash I, Steam version. It's
0: one of those ones that, like a lot of indie games, kind of has slipped my gotcha. uh, recognition. I guess like I know of it, I know the name, but I. Can't say I've actually seen any gameplay of it. Splunky actually
1: got me into watching uh, Let's Play videos and Twitch streams mm-hmm. and stuff because I wanted to know more about it before I wasted. Wasted? Before I spent my hard earned $15 on it. $15, 10 whatever it cost at the time. It was when it was just being ported to PC. And I fell in love with it. It's. The mechanics behind it, everything is just. everything's so well thought out Hmm. like how far your whip can reach the mechanics behind your jump uh, the procedural generation There's actually a video that I watched on the level generation and how it works and it's it's mind-blowing seeing how much effort was put into such and at the the time it just looks like a really small game that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean anything but my god there was so much love put into that game and I always said that no Spelunky is perfect they don't need to make a sequel and then when they announced Spelunky 2, I got so excited. <laughs>
2: When's that coming out? I
1: don't know, to be honest. Huh. I wouldn't imagine this year. Mm. I think it was announced late last announced year. It?
2: Oh, wow. that That's pretty recent.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if something showed up at E3 or at one of the PAXs or if mm. the creator, Derek, you just tweet something out randomly sometime this year. I'd be surprised if it came out this year, just knowing how much care he puts into his games. Mm. It's... It's next level. <laughs> um, that's already four of them, isn't it? It is. I think so. You're yeah. going pretty quick. Yeah, I was hoping this would take a little bit more time. Just don't because... worry, I'll take more time. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, the The last game, probably one of my favorite. It's definitely one of my favorite. I don't know how it ranks within these five Star Wars galaxies and Empire divided. Oh, interesting! Another
0: Star Wars game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was the only MMO I've ever played for more than a couple of weeks, other than when The Old Republic came out. And that was just because I was bored and wanted something that reminded me of the old Knights of the Old Republic. Mm. Uh, Star Wars Galaxies, I I lived in that game. And that's, that's what that game was amazing for, is it felt like you lived in it. It was You would buy a house if you lived in a town, like if your clan or guild or whatever owned a town. you'd pay taxes on that house
3: Hmm. Hmm.
1: everything was uh, the the economy was all community driven there was no price there weren't any vendors other than actual other people that made a character and you could only have one character until you unlocked a Jedi but they would pick a class to build armor or to build weapons or droids or spaceships or whatever it may be and I think they ended up increasing the I'm not going to talk about the combat upgrade and then the new game experience uh, when they tried to make it like World of Warcraft and failed miserably. Before that game tried to add quests to it and you could do whatever you wanted to do, mix and match any classes you wanted to. It that's That was Star Wars to me. Mm. I think that's to this day mm. why I love Star Wars as much as I do. You know, that I felt like I lived between episodes four and five. I I felt like I lived on Naboo or Tatooine or Mm. my my guild. My guild had a a town in or on Naboo and just being an Imperial in that. I remember taking as many, uh, faction quests as I could to try to build up faction points to get my stormtrooper armor. I didn't want to wear it because it wasn't good armor. But I wanted to display it in my house for no one to see. (laughs) And that was the thing about it is you wanted to kill crate Dragons to collect the pearls. And, yeah, use them as lightsaber crystals when you unlock Jedi and everything. But you wanted to get the cool stuff to be able to display just to say, hey, I did this virtually. And the fact that it meant nothing in the real world but meant everything in that world was it it was incredible. Mm -hmm. I didn't do homework during that time. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I let everything else go by the wayside. I even became religious during that time period, and it's realized true. I don't want to do that, so I could play more Star Wars Galaxies.
0: <laughs> it became your second life.
3: <laughs>
0: I didn't ever. Tr- I never tried Second Life. <laughs> I, me neither. I tried World of Warcraft. I've
1: tried uh, EverQuest Two when that first came out. And with WoW, I played that. Vanilla, I never played that as with any of the expansions, and I hope I'm not stepping on anyone's toes while talking about WoW. But, no, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the basic of my background uh, with video games. I mean, I've played craploads of other video games. I'm into a lot of the indie stuff. My Steam... Uh, backlog right now. My Steam library has about 600 games on it, because I'll buy Damn. a game. Well, I'm subscribed Ooh. to the Humble Monthly, so I get 7 games every month, 7 to 12 games every month. I buy Humble Monthly bundles. I buy all the other indie bundles. I shop on GOG.com, GreenManGaming.com. This is not sponsored by anybody. Uh, <laughs> I was a sucker for all the Steam sales when those first started kicking off. Oh, and God, guilty. When you had to <laughs> refresh the page every... Hour and a half to see what the flash sales, the were. daily deals. <laughs> it was all about the four-hour flash sales, the daily deals, and then and they nerfed the daily deals, and now sales suck now. Everything's on sale for the entire week, and yeah. it's like you'll There's either wait. fun about it. Yeah, you'll either wait until the last minute to buy whatever you're gonna get, or you just yeah. be like, "No, I'll wait till the next sale when it's down another five exactly. percent." <laughs> yeah, and it's not
2: fun anymore because you weren't constantly. Frothing at the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> These awesome deals, seventy five percent off. For oh my Fallout? god! I could get. <laughs> Insiders
1: one for five
2: dollars with all the DLC. That's, that's unheard of. That's where they get you.
0: The DLC. See, as a non PC gamer, I've never had the joy of experiencing any of that.
1: But you kind of <laughs> get the same feeling now with Steam sales that you do with the, like the PS4 flash sales. I'm sure yeah, Xbox. it's not, not the well, same anymore though.
0: See, I never, I almost never buy digital games. Oh yeah, I, think I bought one this weekend, and that was like the first time, probably in a couple of years. I'm, I like holding physical copies of things. I was like I that too
1: them. until I started. I, my Steam library went from Counter Strike and Half
2: Life Two to having about 600 games now. <laughs> it's weird for me. I I used to always get the physical copy, and then I moved out at 30, and I'm like, I don't have space anymore <laughs> for all when of you, this shit. When yeah, you're paying that gets for you. your own space. <laughs> and I'm just like, I can't store all this stuff anymore because I have all these boxes everywhere in my place. <laughs> and I'm just like, what do I do with all this stuff? So now I buy digital mostly. I still buy solid copies of PS4 games. Yeah, when it comes to console games, I still buy physical but copies. But when it comes to PC, I buy digital all, all, the, way, all the way. Yeah, <clears> I just
1: pre-ordered the Spyro Reignited, I think is what they call their the mm-hmm. remastered mm-hmm. version of the Spyro Trilogy. I just pre-ordered that, and obviously I'm going to get a physical copy of that. That's mostly for my fiance to play, though. She was the reason I bought the Crash uh, remaster, and definitely the reason I got this one as well. I didn't play Spyro. I didn't have a PS1. I went from a Sega Genesis to... An N64, I had a PlayStation 1, uh, the original PlayStation, but I didn't play it very much because I had an N64, and to me, it had the better games at the time.
0: Mm -hmm. So I played Spyro on my friend's PS1. Can't remember if it was the first or second Spyro, but I loved that game. And then, yeah, I started on an N64 and never owned a PlayStation until PS3 when I finally got one, so I missed out on all those PS2 games as well. I bought a PS2, but it was after...
1: I already had a 360 for years. So it was at the very end of the PS2's life cycle. Mm. It's probably Which like, was a long life cycle for really consoles. Oh, man, it was. Forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Robert, I think it's your turn.
0: Yeah. Well, I do want to say about the Star Wars Galaxies, I always have memories of uh, where I used to live when I was little. I would go to the Fred Meyers, and that's where I would go to have look at the games and stuff. Me that too, was like the yeah. biggest store there. And Star Wars Galaxies was always the one that was just sitting there on the shelf <laughs> that I would look at and I would look at the case and look at the back and just the like hey man I still have the original I wish case. I could play this because I've never had a PC to play games, you know, good enough to play games and I've never been a PC gamer so let me
1: ask you this. Would your parents have paid the fifteen dollar a month fee? To subscribe Probably not. To that? I I lucked out and my parents paid for it and it was it was a, it was mm. it was hard because you could only have one character and the people that had crafters like crafting characters mostly had a second account so mm. they'd pay 30 to however many dollars a month to have multiple characters in that game before the Jedi became mm. a, a big thing
2: in it but
0: i think well this is just my mom then and so single pairing. I you know she'd have a lot of extra money for that stuff so like my N64 and the Xbox the original Xbox when i got that mm. they're actually I think the N64 was given to me, and the Xbox One was, too. It was uh, this guy that was... Uh, you got it from a random guy? Well, he was uh, kind of dating my mom. Like oh. he, uh, <laughs> They met at a conference, oh. and he lived in Arizona, and then he came oh. up to visit around Christmas time. <laughs> and then, yeah, he surprised me. It was the Xbox. It was a bundle. I think he had two controllers, and then it was the... Oh, so you said the, Xbox One. Original Sorry, Xbox? original Xbox. I hate that
1: nomenclature. I thought <laughs> this was recent. My no. mind was blown that he would no. buy Dude, his 20-something-year-old <laughs> <laughs> girlfriend's no. son.
0: No, but my mom is single right now, so if anybody wants to buy me no, a PS4 not. Pro. <laughs> but uh, No, and so, yeah, he bought me the bundle, and it had the Star Wars Clone Wars, the first game where it was all vehicle combat. Oh, that game was awesome. It was. It was great. And an then awesome on the game. flip side was Tetris, which I've never liked Tetris, so i never played it. But yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Te- just the number one best-selling yeah, game of Star all Wars time. Yeah, <laughs> it's not my thing. I don't really like Star Wars, but that game was fun. That, it was I, a good I game. I enjoyed it, too. I, yeah. I don't remember if I... I think I went to a Hollywood video and rented that.
0: God, I remember doing that. <laughs> renting video games. It and shows then, how old we are. What a time. <laughs> Blockbuster Hollywood video. <laughs> All right, well, I'll get into my games now. Um, so as you can probably tell from listening already, I'm more of a console gamer, obviously. I don't play PC games, and I've always been more of an Xbox guy than a PS PlayStation guy. But, um, yeah, I do like both. Uh, so for my honorable mentions, I have a little bit more than you had, Kevin.
1: I only had three, uh, just because yeah. I didn't want to take too much time. Um feel free take all the time the, you want.
0: The earliest one, Spider-Man 2, that on was, the original man,
1: Xbox, that was a fun
0: game. That game blew my mind with the open world and just the swinging mechanic, swinging around New York City, with Spider-Man being able to climb to the top of the Empire State Building. You know, I think that game
1: is the reason why there are so many high expectations on this new Spider-Man game that yeah. Insomniac's doing. It's
0: definitely too. yeah. And uh so that was awesome. I played the hell out of that when that came out.
1: I'm not gonna have to bleep that.
0: <laughs> Good to know. Okay. I'll keep going. Okay. Um The next one is It's Fallout. I think I went with Fallout four. It's a toss up between three and four. I'd never played the original ones, obviously, because they have PC a PC. Guy. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. But um I love Bethesda and I love what they do. And three Um I played and I beat, I bought the DLC. I only played like two of the DLCs. Um, I never pl- finished four. Four I did, I finished. Haven't played any of the DLCs for it, but I love the environment of it. Like, I love post apocalyptic stories and like end of the world stuff. So then, what do so, you think of New Vegas? New Vegas, I never played.
2: Oh, man. You
0: I'm, have to got it. Got, I know. You have to got, <laughs> you have to got. I You have to got it. You have to uh, goddamn play do, it. That's what you got to do. I do own it because it was uh, free on Xbox Live. And so I do have it on my hard drive. I just haven't played it. And I found that as I get older, it's harder to go back and revisit yeah. older games when there's so much new stuff coming out. If you but, didn't
1: play New Vegas like after 3 and before. During before, the zeitgeist. Yeah. The, I, it was, it was a different experience because it was, mm. it took all the the great things from Fallout Three and still made it its own mm-hmm. with like the survival mode mechanics, which got kind of tedious.
0: Far
2: superior story and writing.
0: See, I think when it came out, seeing that it was by a different studio, kind of made you. me um, go off it a little. But yeah, maybe someday. And then next one, this was. This was so close to being in my top five. was Halo 3. Hmm. And I remember when Halo 3 came out, it was like the biggest thing for me. Because it was the end of the trilogy. You're finishing the the fight. fight. Yeah. And just the whole hype around it was like electrifying, you know, leading up to it. Good word.
2: (laughs) Thank you.
0: And, yeah, I remember playing it for the first time. And you land on Earth. You're in the jungle. The other soldiers, and then you meet Arbiter. It was such a great experience, and the soundtrack.
1: So, is that your favorite Halo game? Uh,
0: yeah. Okay. I think it's definitely my favorite Halo game. I was game. looking
1: to see if I could get a spoiler into your top five.
2: <laughs> I gotta say, though, that add, like, the marketing campaign for that game was incredible. Oh my and god. The,
0: yeah, the commercials were the great. The diorama
2: for it. where nothing's moving, but then Master Chief yeah. looks up. That was so. That was Break a great easy. example of good yeah. marketing. Yeah, they put yeah. it on the, of
1: the front of every Mountain Dew can. Or was that <laughs> Reach true. when they started Game that? View.
0: I think it might have been Halo 3. I
1: think it was oh. Halo 3 that started that and then it continued did, yeah. with Reach.
0: Yeah. But I had I got the collector's edition of that too. But, um So yeah, that was definitely my favorite Halo. Uh next are gonna be I got two more honorable mentions or play PlayStation 4 games. Get on One with is it. Uncharted four. <laughs>
1: Nice. I haven't played Which, that one yet, so I, okay. So minimal no spoilers. Spo- minimal spoilers.
0: But I don't need a spoiler to say how good it was. Okay. Being a fan from the first Uncharted and seeing it through to the end and actually having a fitting end for the story of Nathan Drake was amazing. And the graphics and environments were just like awe-inspiring in it. Yeah, like it- they did a fantastic job with it, especially after coming off The Last of Us, mm. seeing so, that upped their game, and then. Uncharted 4 right after that. So that was awesome. I love the story. Love what they did with that. And then my last honorable mention is Horizon Zero Dawn. Nice. Another PlayStation 4 game. I,
1: ah. One of the most more recent games that I actually beat. Mm-hmm. And I don't beat very many games.
0: I remember leading up to it, I wasn't super like looking into it at all. It kind of caught my attention, but I was like, I'll oh, wait till. I never liked the Killzone series that much. And I knew it was from the same developer. Yeah. So I didn't pay too much attention to it until I think it got closer. And of course then it, you didn't like
1: Killzone. P- You're a Halo guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, that could be why. But, uh, yeah, and then it got closer and the reviews started coming out and everything. And I tried it. and God, It was so fun. It was like a breath of fresh air. Just the world and Aloy and uh, Protagonist. It was a great Protagonist. And the, the voice work in that game. The
1: story I didn't so much care for. The mm-hmm. the, the writing of Aloy was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then the, the voice acting from Ashley Birch was really good. Mm-hmm. But I... I, I didn't care for the story. The mechanics, the combat. Combat was great. I agree it's with fantastic. that.
3: The, the one was thing I
1: took
2: away from that was how excellent the combat was. You really mm-hmm. feel like you're thwacking a robot dinosaur with a spear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you get to learn the nuances of each individual creature over time. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you go in there, you plan your attack with the tools you have. It, you yeah. just feel so uh, powerful mm-hmm. in your your equipment. You never gear. feel
1: underpowered. You never mm-hmm. feel
2: overpowered. Yeah, it, exactly. It feels like as long yeah. as
1: you go into a fight with a plan that you mm-hmm. you can succeed. <laughs> you could <laughs> succeed. And if you fail, it's your own damn fault.
0: Right. But, I like that it, it makes you use everything you have in your arsenal and not just run and gun it with one gun the whole right, playthrough. Right. You have all these tools and you've you know you gotta use them. So and I like
2: that. But <laughs> like Stormbirds, those things suck. <laughs> I hate those things. <laughs>
1: I might use that beep as the beep. Beep. <laughs> um, going back to your Uncharted, um, yeah. I wanted to actually tell you, when I had a Facebook page
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, back in the day, I got finished playing Uncharted 2, and I did a pseudo review of it. Uh-huh. And I thought I was, like, being so cool. Like, I'm going to write a review, and I'm going to put a score at the end of it. I gave it a 10 out of 10. Woo. Uncharted 2 was phenomenal.
0: I loved That was a close, I'd say close second to being my favorite Uncharted. Hmm. All right. Well, that was too long on the honorable mentions. I apologize. That's all
2: good.
0: We got plenty of time. Okay. So now for my top five. And again, this is like Kevin's. It's not in any order. They're just top five of my favorite games, games that were most impactful on my life, I guess.
1: I just realized Hmm. when I said I was going to go, I didn't say who it was. These people don't know me.
0: You don't know us. You're getting to know us. (laughs) Hi, I'm Robert. I didn't say,
1: this is Kevin. And here are my games. I just said, I'm going to start now. And as long as if you didn't memorize <laughs> my, my higher pitch voice over these guys, then you'll be like, what's this guy?
0: Yeah, I'll do it for I can vouch for him. He's real. Previously on Pushing Buttons, you heard Kevin's top five games. <laughs> he went first. <laughs> I did. All right. It. So now for Robert's top five. Thank you. Um, okay. So my first one is kind of a cheat. Uh, because I couldn't pick a favorite game out of the series.
1: Oh, you... Uh, so you lump 17
0: games into one. Yeah, naturally. Halo uh, series. No. Call of Duty. No. Assassin's Creed. Nice. Uh, there's so many games that I love in that series. Uh, two... Well, I, I love the first one when it came out, first of all. That was my favorite game for a long time. So,
1: mm. Do you mind if we talk about one? Yeah. So... Assassin's Creed One. I know you and I, Kyle. We kind of pre-ordered it. Oh yeah, we, got we picked it up at date. the same time. We did. Yeah, we, we went together. Got the together. collector's edition of that too. Nice. I remember I got the little art book thing for it.
3: Mm-hmm. But oh,
1: yeah. that game was not marketed as a sci-fi game. It was mm-hmm. marketed oh. as uh, like a, 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 historical, a historical like.
2: Yeah, historical I there, assassination I mean there game. were hints like from gameplay trailers where you saw the DNA helix as your life bar well, mm-hmm. that and I think Game Informer had an ar- I think it was Game Informer
1: one of the magazines at the time had an article saying oh but it's not set the way you think it is and I remember hating myself for reading I think that I, remember that article. I don't know yeah. if it was an article if it was a review or whatever it was but mm-hmm. it was kind of spoiled but not not due to Ubisoft spoiling it mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. except with what Kyle talked about
0: yeah, love the first game. Then Assassin's 2, Assassin's Creed 2 came out. Assassin's 2 Creed. Assassin's 2 Creed. <laughs> 2 Creed, Creed to the U. <laughs> and uh, that just blew the first game out of the water. With, oh, uh, yeah, that was, that was
2: leaps and bounds. Um, Ezio
0: is, I actually say he, he's not my favorite protagonist now. I think that would have to go to Bayek from Origins. Hmm. But f- up until Origins, he was... Yeah, better than Altair. Way more of a personality, that's for sure. Well, Altair's <laughs> character yeah. was
1: all about, oh I can do this, I can mm-hmm. do that, and then it's the, the head honcho's like, No, you can't yeah. went, Yes I can.
0: Mm, Ezio, you what there was three games with him? Four? No, it was three. Three. Yeah, he had a yeah, two, Brotherhood and Revelations. Yep. Did
1: you ever watch that uh video like movie thing that was on the epilogue where yeah. you
0: uh, I believe so. Yeah. I, th- I think it's they introduced
1: one of the characters from uh, one of the, the 2D games, one of the Cro- yeah, Chronicles China. China, <laughs> yeah. in that. But I didn't care I'm so much I'm not including those in my list because I haven't played those. Oh, yeah. They're not, <laughs> if you played Mark of the Ninja, you played a superior game.
0: Oh. I haven't played that either. Yeah, of the Ninja was great. But
1: that was such a fitting end to Etsy's mm-hmm.
0: story. Was, he, he had a good arc yeah. over the three games. Uh, Brotherhood is another great one. I loved Rome. That's probably one of my favorite environments even though it's just one I'm nodding area, Kevin is nodding. Um, Three—it's controversial. I loved three because I loved that time period, the American Revolution, and I loved uh, Boston and New York. Going to those places—I'm
1: not trying to look at you with <laughs> evil eyes right now. That was the first. <laughs> this second. is where the title of the podcast comes in. This is play. where we
0: start pushing each other's buttons. Hey, oh,
1: there it is. Successes hey, hi. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to put it out. It was the it's, first Assassin's Creed game I did not finish, and still to this day have not finished.
0: It's terrible. It's the... I will say the modern day part of it, I wasn't a huge fan how it panned out and how they wrapped up Desmond's story. That was definitely the weakest part. By that game, by, by the time
1: 3 came out, I did not care at all about Desmond, because yeah. that was
0: the fifth game
1: with him as the overall yeah. protagonist. Yeah. And I, I just didn't care. Mm-hmm. I started caring about it... A, less and less especially when revelations came out that was a game that was a chore to play yeah it was it was just to me it was go here get this chest go here kill this guy go here uh, play some go to tower shop. defense mini game
2: yeah oh the tower def- God, I, I was not that. a fan of that yeah <laughs> that was horrible yeah. Why your was headquarters
0: that? is being attacked you got to go and yeah
2: no thank you i hated that <laughs> i'll
0: pass <laughs>
2: even ben. though i hundred percent of the game <laughs> four i'm guessing you're talking about four next uh, Oops,
0: I think that's how that works, yeah. No, um, Unity was next after that. I didn't beat that game. Unity came out after 4. Which yes, one? it did. Which one was 4? Four? Four, 4 was Black flag. flag. I forgot about Black Flag. Black Flag. Holy yeah. crap, you I love Black Flag. Yeah. forgot it's about the best one. one. <laughs> yeah. You forgot about the best one. I love Black Flag. I love the pirate the setting. Yeah. It got me back the into Assassin's, and Assassin's and, Creed.
2: It, yeah, yeah. it single-handedly... Brought the franchise back from... And now every Assassin's Creed game has naval combat.
0: It's confusing with all the subtitles. You're like, okay, this one's four, yada, yada, yada. You one, can do yeah. the Final <laughs> Fantasy
1: way and go two, two,
0: two, two, three, <laughs> three, four. It's, that's rogue. easy to follow. <laughs> I mean, for a f- <laughs> franchise that's, what, 11 years old now? it's They got a lot of entries. So. It's tw-
1: it came out in 06. 07. Yeah, it's oh, it was 07, 07, yeah. Right before it Mass Effect. It was a month before Mass Effect, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
0: But, uh, yeah, Black Flag. Came out around the same time as The Orange Box. It did. I'd say if there's a top three Assassin's Creed games, it would be Black Flag, Origins, and. Brotherhood. Brotherhood's the Brotherhood. Okay. <laughs>
2: I Brotherhood. Okay. Uh, I didn't play Unity. Yeah, I didn't
0: yeah Unity. Was I, so I was really excited for it. I think I bought Syndicate. the Collector's I didn't actually.
2: play Syndicate either. Syndicate was decent. I, I enjoyed that one a lot. That was the, the English one, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I love how they recreated London, but uh, story-wise, it just didn't really leave as much of an impact as
1: yeah. games. It looked it like it was
2: Unity, but worked. But,
1: but worked? But it worked. But it worked. Yeah. Oh. Seeing
0: as, as I never played work. Unity past a couple hours, I can't attest to that, but I did enjoy after not beating Unity, I took a break. And then I played Syndicate, I think, two years after it came out. And that got me back into it. Um, and that was fun. And then Origins, of course. I loved Origins. And they just came out. Well, I thought, uh, Yeah, I did. I beat the story. Oh, nice. I did beat uh, the story before God of Origins. I Origin. really liked Bayek. He was, a, in my opinion, a great protagonist. I liked the uh, the relationship with his wife. Yeah. I like how they did that. and just, I love historical stuff. There's, so the setting was awesome. I love Egypt. Th-
1: th- yes, that was a, it was a really good setting. It mm. was cool the first time sliding down a pyramid. Uh, the story, <laughs> yeah. what I was going to say, between Bayek and Aya, I mm-hmm. think it was well told. As yeah. well. I, I agree. I, re- <clears throat> I really enjoyed that portion of it. I didn't care so much for... It seemed like the story didn't progress too much to me. Because it was just Bayek yeah. y- yelling <laughs> not quite to the extent of Kratos, but it was... <laughs> It was Bayek, Indeed. Bayek just <laughs> talking. <laughs> I like that. Uh, it was Bayek just saying, Oh, I'm going to kill the person that killed my son. And it was over and over again.
0: Yeah. I would say. Sorry. I think I. Uh, that was the
2: beginning of the game. I, I know. I, I actually played it a little bit yesterday. Oh. I didn't think about it. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> well, basically. I got to Siwa, i think it's called Mm -hmm. and uh i was trying to do the first mission and the combat just i lost interest really fast really i did because i I i'm sure i'm not in it enough yet to really get a feel for
0: it it took me a while to get yeah because it is a change it took me a while to get changed it didn't feel like an
2: assassin's creed game it just felt like uh it felt like it was trying to emulate a souls game in the combat I i wouldn't even say that i would say it it feels like just a generic third-person slasher action RPG type thing. And just first impressions weren't really good. Like, I love the environment, and the world map looks huge. It is. Like, I was shocked at it. I was like, holy crap, I don't want to play another open-world game for another year. I just <laughs> I finished God of War. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, continue with your list. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, so moving right along. Right along. Uh, right along. Right <laughs> along. The next one is Skyrim. As I said before, I love Bethesda games.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, uh, you like open world games. I do.
0: I'm definitely...
1: So you're loving video games this year and last year and
2: yeah. modern. <laughs> yeah. next year. The modern trends.
0: It's right, because I definitely started out more first-person-y, like with Halo and Call of Duty and all that. But um, yeah, definitely. I love the depth that open world games have.
1: What are you going to do when the next one is a Battle Royale game?
0: I don't even want to think about it. (laughs) I I don't think it'll happen.
1: (laughs) No, Uh, trading card games enough.
2: uh. Well, why do you like Skyrim?
0: Um, because dragons, for one. Okay, dragons are amazing. Uh, It's funny though because fighting the dragons isn't as dynamic in it as it could have been. Though, they're more just you know like sword sponges and arrow sponges and pretty easy to take them down. They're just
1: enemies that are really big,
0: pretty much. But I love time to kill. I love the world. I love, you know, the con or the—it's not a continent, but you know, the the map of Skyrim, I guess. And the, um, the, the culture, s-
2: the world, yeah, pretty much what
1: makes it feel alive. Mm-hmm. It really, I mean, I, I understand why you liked that game so much, but yeah. without you being a PC gamer, getting what oh I feel God, is yeah. the definitive version of right. that game, being able hey, to we mod-
0: got mods now on Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> That, Sorry <laughs> that could be that could be a whole episode <laughs> under
2: it itself. Uh, no kidding oh, that was a good um, one,
0: <laughs> but yeah, this one is more Creation club more nostalgic, you know than actually like being like one of the greatest games ever. It's more just
1: how you felt when you were playing it exactly, and it was
0: the first game I bought when I moved over here, and I waited in line for it, and, yeah. The collector's edition of that, too. Nice. It's a badass dragon statue. So, mm.
1: I didn't mention that game as one of my top games, but that's another mm. game that I own multiple versions of. <laughs> I own it on Steam. I, I own it on Xbox 360. I didn't mm-hmm. get any of the the remastered
2: or the. I did. I got the Switch Xbox version? One remastered. I did not get the Switch version. Good for though. you.
0: <laughs> VR version? No. Did not. <laughs> that, is that a thing? It is oh, a yeah. thing. It is a thing. Yeah. Is a thing. Uh, PlayStation VR.
2: That's they, how Bethesda's funding all these games are coming out with now. They made Doom. That's what the memes
0: about is every <laughs> conference or whatever they have. It's a new version of Skyrim. They made there the is. recent Doom
1: into a, a VR game. They well. Doom. Yeah, the new Doom one. VFR. Yeah. Way of the future, man. And you can't walk around in that game. And Doom you is all like about frantic. Yeah, you have yeah. to like warp from point to point. Yeah. And Doom is all about running around frantically, killing things. Or in this latest one punching them in vital organs. <laughs> and it's awesome. I don't know right. why they tampered with that with trying to make it a VR game.
0: Uh, so that's Skyrim. Next one is... <laughs> nice transition. I'm trying to throw in some conversation. <laughs> right? yeah, no, I, I, I so this is going to be another controversial one, because I know it's going to fly in the face of you guys. Mass Effect 2. Hey, I at
2: least you didn't say Mass Effect 3. Or, or Andromeda. Andromeda. No, oh, nice. God, yeah. No. Uh... <laughs>
0: It was really damn close for the first Mass Effect. Cuz I love the first Mass Effect for every reason you said. You know, it's a brand new world, brand new yeah. creation, you go to planets and everything, but for me I think I loved to that much more. I loved the opening. I I love Shepard's story in it. Like how he even though, you know, it's cheesy or whatever, but the way they brought him back, you know, Cerberus and then he's got all this you know when you do good deeds or bad deeds, he looks more you know, kind of like lights shown out of his face and everything. Right. And I know you disagree on this, but I love the characters in it. Like I uh, like a lot
1: of the characters in it. Mm-hmm. it I didn't like uh, how the, I didn't like the lack of the original game characters. Right.
0: Yeah, I like how they just threw like, either Ashley or Caden. Yeah. In there, just for like a mission or so, and then. Hold. Nobody
1: had Caden left alive after the first one. Everybody had actually left alive after yeah, the first one. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Every playthrough, I, I, I never
2: let Caden live. And seeing where he ends up in Mass Effect 3 just does not make me regret that decision at all. Oh, dude, he's in the grave in Mass Effect
0: 3. <laughs> I will say I don't really remember Mass Effect 3. So I don't either. <laughs> it's 2 is really the peak for me. Um, yeah. 2 is a more fleshed
1: out game. Game gameplay wise, mm-hmm. they spent a lot of time making it feel like a third person shooter rather than yeah. an RPG with third person shooter mechanics. Mm-hmm. They they fleshed out the combat and the the feel of walking around and exploring things. Yeah. They focused a lot less on the RPG side of things and didn't tell a story mm-hmm. that resonated with me as much.
0: Mm-hmm. The ending was a little. Yeah, the giant like giant terminator <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> giant what, reaper whatever the hell it was. Is, really. Yeah. And left
2: a lot to be desired. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of putting well, it.
0: The getting up to that point like the whole trying to upgrade your ship, your team and everything to make it through like, you know, the death jump. Space, the, that was cool. mission, I like that. Yeah.
2: Basically the characters' I stories, that. each character's individual story was so engrossing. like I You wanted, the character to, you wanted to invest the time into learning more about them. But okay. they made it so you kind of had to so
1: they'd live through the suicide mission. <laughs> right. And right. when they put metrics into it that are visible or even if it's not so visible mm. but you know that's what you have to do it, it kind of feels like it takes away a lot. For me personally. Right. It, it was a great game. It didn't push my buttons in the right way.
0: <laughs> and that's fair. Uh, next one is Red Dead Redemption. Oh yeah. Uh, I love Rockstar. I love the Grand Theft Auto games, but I wouldn't say any of them are you know, my favorites. They're kind of not take it or leave it, but I play them when they come out, and then beat it, and then I'm good. But Red Dead Redemption... That just was... gave me a whole new impression of you. <laughs> you play Grand Theft I hit Auto. I it quit you... it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, uh... I just play Grand Theft Auto. You gotta beat it and leave. <laughs> oh, boy. Not with Red Dead Redemption, though. Uh, I think the biggest part of it is because I love westerns, I love that genre and western movies and it was, they captured it so well and I loved, Uh, like there's Mexico, you had you know, Great Plains, you had all mm-hmm. these different environments in the west and the side characters were all awesome I love John Marston I thought his journey of trying to track down all his old gang members, you know, do away with them. Yeah. Uh, It was a really good story. It was a Um, redemption story. Yeah. And you never beat it, right? I've seen the ending. Okay. Because the ending is probably one of my, if not my favorite video game endings of all time. Uh, Just the way they used music. Um. Like after he, you know, he falls, he Mm -hmm, dies. mm -hmm. And then you come back as a son, Mm -hmm. you know, years later was so perfect as a way to continue the game after that. And the way they used, they actually had like a song with words, like an actual song, not Mm -hmm. a a score during that moment. And that was perfect how they used that. And I love that. Mm -hmm. And it always, that ending sat with me for a while. um. So that's that one. The last one, I think, is probably closest to the top for me. It's the first Bioshock. Oh, good choice. Thank you. Um, this one is the one favorite. I was talking about yesterday where I <clears throat> forgot about it until oh. like I had my list I <laughs> Crap!
1: That, that but, franchise is one of my favorite first-person shooter <laughs> franchises.
0: Yes. Um, I never played the second one beyond the first hour or two. Infinite I really liked as well. Infinite was great. But definitely the first Bioshock. Was when that came out, it was eye-opening for me because I hadn't played anything like that, and it was parts of it were pretty damn close to a horror game, and I didn't like scary games, but everything in it just pulled me in, and I wanted to keep playing even though I was scared. <laughs> but just the art design in every level of that game was incredible, and the enemies, like the, was it the splicer, I think, it's like the weird lady with the the scythes. Goes on they, the ceiling. The gene splicer, yeah. yeah, it scared the crap out of me. But it was a great enemy. <laughs> it's terrifying. And the combat was fantastic. Having a wrench in one hand and like you know shooting—not biotic. That's Mass Effect, right? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> like tonics and stuff. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember yeah. what the was yeah. called and Just like yeah, freezing him and whacking him with a wrench. It was it was beautiful. You know, play was... Grand Theft Auto and beat <laughs> it. <laughs> he freeze a guy and whack him. <laughs> It's the only way to do it, in that order. But, and the atmosphere, just it absorbs you right in. Yeah. And I can always go back and play it and feel like the same emotions that I was going through the first time I played it. And the music in that game as well. See, I'm kind of like you. I love soundtracks. I love video game soundtracks. And they had a fantastic one. I, I love then,
1: video game soundtracks. Sorry. Oh. Not just like in the game outside as well outside of the game i like to listen to a lot of video Mm -hmm. game soundtracks crypt of the necro dancer has one of my favorite video game soundtracks to just listen to um but yeah that that game had Mm -hmm. an amazing soundtrack especially while you're in the game
0: yeah and the ending the twist at the end everyone knows that would you kindly yeah was it was like mind-boggling and, it's yeah, I remember the Steam. first time I played that, I was like, whoa, no way. So that was a great... <laughs> the way they pulled that off was impressive, and I've been a fan ever since. Mm. And I haven't played in a couple years, but I did get the uh, collection mm. for Xbox One. Gotcha. Nice. I have that
1: on Steam, but I yeah. think that was because I owned them all on Steam. Mm. They get, they gifted yeah. the collection to me. But I really do want to
0: replay that soon, but... Great series. So that's, yeah. Yeah, did you see that they're...
1: Top. Uh, I don't know if they're rebooting or what the deal is, but System Shock.
0: I did see that. I have heard good things about the original game. Though, System so. Shock 2 is
2: amazing. But I, I won't talk about that just yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, what games
2: are you going to talk about then? Yeah, well, let's start. Turn. Uh, a little bit of background info, I guess. Uh, I've been gaming since mostly the Sega, Super Nintendo generation. I'm sure that's where Kevin and I share a lot of similarities in our Mm. viewpoints in regards to certain video games. But you were a Um, a Nintendo guy, weren't you? For the most part, I didn't really hit my stride until N64. Gotcha. That was my first real console that I had gifted to me. And one of the first games I remember playing on it was not Super Mario 64, but Zelda Ocarina of Time. Mm. And I'll get into that a little later. But uh, from there, it's kind of just progressed profoundly. Like, uh, I would say out of the three of us, I have played the widest variety of genres, I would say. I can see that, yeah. yeah. And uh, I feel like I have a well-rounded view, but at the same time, I might push some buttons here and there. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. <laughs> that's what that show's really is all is. about. Hey, <laughs> that's the name of the show. And then my in my teenage hours. years, I really took off with the PlayStation 2. That, that console pretty much changed my life, I think. It was groundbreaking at the time. Just having the DVD as a format, it opened so many doors for so many different hmm. types of genres of games. Being able to put video on a disc on, that in That too, a game. yeah. It, it was, I never played the original PlayStation, but I've always kind of had a gander at it here and there at friends' houses. And uh, I didn't really get to play a lot of those classics, but PlayStation 2 was like my first step into, I guess you would call it like adult gaming, like playing all these different genres with such and such uh, complexities. And I think that's what's shaped me as a gamer today. I look for that in modern gaming, but it's so rare to find now where... You have games like Dark Souls or uh, God of War, the new one that just came out, or Bloodborne. I mean, these games have such deep, intricate systems for gameplay. That's why I look forward to more than anything when a new game is about to release. Mm. So I think with that being said, I'll kind of kick off my honorables. I was kind of coming into this not really as prepared as the other two. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I kinda just jotted down a list of what came to my mind as we were talking and as I was listening to Robert and Kevin. Hmm. And uh here we go, Kyle's here honorable us. mentions. Woo! Let's do it. So as I was listening to Kevin and Robert, it brought back some things that I didn't think I would ever remember on my own. And one of those games is Uncharted Two,
0: as a mm-hmm. matter of
2: fact. Uh great game. Wow, where'd you start on that one? <laughs> I uh, was in England at the time with my grandparents, and uh, I remember that game coming out on PlayStation 3, and I didn't really play the first one. I heard it was good, but nothing really amounted to anything until much later when I was able to afford one. But uh, I rented it from where my older brother worked at the time, Blockbuster Video in England, and I played it in a day. The whole game i played it in a single sitting and that's i've never done that at all that's, that's that is, impressive press it was insane <laughs> the game had perfect pacing perfect gunplay mechanics god it was so fun it,
1: mm-hmm. it told the perfect Man, story. it was
2: so good the characters were well written i still remember all the set pieces like even the e3 trailer for it mm-hmm. i still remember that clear as day with the skyscraper <laughs> yeah. While he was in it, falling, I
0: was like, oh my f- god, this looks opening awesome. Opening with the train. Yeah. I thought it was a great opening. Yeah, and it, then yeah. It opened big. Going back.
2: Yeah. yeah. The game just knew how to be, like, this perfect action movie, and you just had to play it. Like, I just was enthralled, start to finish. So there was a point in that game when I was playing it that I got frustrated,
1: but I didn't quit. It's, the, it's like, one of the first games that I got super frustrated with the part that was really hard but I kept playing until I beat it. Mm -hmm. That's what that, and I I give up on games really easily. So that game having that kind of moment for me and still being able to, I still wanted to beat it at that time. Mm -hmm. It it was an incredible game.
2: Unfortunately for me, uh, Uncharted 3 wasn't the same kind of ride. It was still great, but the story wasn't there in my opinion. And then Uncharted 4, as mentioned on Robert's list, uh, I feel like that was a good return to form like getting to libertalia that first time was an incredible set piece mm. but uncharted 2 just has those really standout moments where during the time it was released it was just unspeakable to even fathom like going to shambhala the first time seeing that train yeah. just blow up right behind you and there's just too many moments to count <laughs> And the multiplayer in that game was fantastic as well. Man, that was a lot of fun. Uh, A lot of my multiplayer experience up to then was playing Warcraft, World of Warcraft. But before that was SOCOM 2. And that's my next honorable mention.
0: Mm -hmm. Nice segue. Uh, Good segue.
2: SOCOM 2... Man, as a... I was only 13 or so when the SOCOM series first came out on the PlayStation 2. But, uh... That game to me was instrumental in my entry into multiplayer games. Because up to then you had like Smash Brothers on N64, Mario Kart, and those games are great. Those are fun. But SoCom 2 was that kind of little peak of the future where you could kind of get a sense of the online world. And it's what it can offer. Yeah. I mean, for me at the time, that was really the only game I've really played extensively online. Uh, I also dipped a bit into Fantasy Star Online on Dreamcast. And At the time, I didn't really have a PC, so uh, that was it for me. That was like my shooter. That was my go-to. <laughs> and my God, there have been so many nights I would stay up with my friend at the time, and we would spend all weekend passing the controller back and forth playing SoCon 2. <laughs>
0: I miss those kinds of nights. Man, that
2: was fun. God, I miss those days so much. Do you remember LAN parties? I do. (laughs) (laughs) There was one Uh, that you and I went to. Yeah. That you didn't have so much fun at.
1: Yeah. Oh, I I went to (laughs) a couple that I had a lot of fun at. And then even that time that after school, I think it was our junior year of high school. Right. Brought a bunch of people over to my house. My parents were out of town. And Mm -hmm. instead of throwing a big party and drinking and stuff, we we played video games. We had GameCubes Mm -hmm. and Xboxes and...
2: Yeah, Multiple TVs we did that room. at my house, too, for yeah. one of my birthdays. And oh, my God. We had Xboxes with Halo and... Fable.
0: Fable, <laughs>
2: yes. Yeah. and Yeah, that was fun, too. Yeah. Oh, that was also a good game. Uh, anyhow, wrap-up SOCOM 2, uh, just a phenomenal shooter at the time. Uh, it had such little to work with. I mean, it was basically eight versus eight. But, man, those were some intense matches. Like, if you're the last one left and the other guy had one guy left, oh, my God, it was just... At the time, it was just really hard to describe to anyone who hasn't played the game. Do you ever get that feeling, then, like that when you're playing?
1: Because I know you played Overwatch a bit.
2: Well, that's that another discussion for that? another time, I think. But I don't necessarily feel that way anymore no. about modern It doesn't bring shooters. it back? Not really. Okay. Uh, I've heard good things about PUBG. I'm kind of interested in trying it. I tried Fortnite. Not really my thing Uh, It just doesn't have that same level of, I guess, anxiety and thrill of being the last
0: person. But they're bringing Thanos in the Infinity Gauntlet to Fortnite.
2: That's true. I remember remember reading that today.
1: This is me showing Robert the notes.
2: (laughs) Not to talk about that stuff yet. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, uh, SOCOM 2, great online game. Unfortunately, it fell from grace, and it's dead now, but... But they had that awesome light gun, <laughs> didn't they? At one so point, Pokemon Four. Oh, that was, uh, was four. That was four on uh, PlayStation Three, I think. They took it in a weird direction, and <laughs> it just didn't work out. And you know, interestingly, the developer for that made Mag, which is a massive action game. I remember that, that. was a hundred players versus a hundred players on a PS2, I think, or I think, was it I think PS3? It was PS3. Oh, it was PS3. It was PS. Yeah, and. I tried playing it, but the potential just wasn't there at the time because it was so hard to get 100 people versus 100 people, and now Mm. it's like nothing. But uh, anyhow, that's another topic for another time. Uh, Let's see. Next one would probably be – I think I'll touch a little bit on Red Dead Redemption. Uh, I was going to maybe have that in my top five until Robert brought it up. (laughs) (laughs) Ruined it for you but on the points that he brought up the reason why i love it is because i think it took the potential of the open world game and really expanded the type of genres it can be because before then you had GTA and you had games that copied it hmm. like nonstop like Saints Row, Crackdown, mm-hmm. <laughs> God too many to count. Saints oh, Row had was, a Crackdown that was a good game.
1: Mafia was okay. Saints Row, i loved Saints Row 2. Saints Row 2 was so good.
2: Yeah, yeah. Saints Row I never played personally, but I've seen Kevin enjoy. It was always fun to you watch. You watched me play
1: three. Yeah,
2: I did. That yeah. was
1: that was a good time.
2: <laughs> uh, too many good times to count. <laughs> um, but what Red Dead Redemption does so well is that it's pretty much opened the door wide open for all these different stories to be told in an open world setting. It's open. Well, <laughs> I'm just pushing <laughs> your buttons, man. You push them so well. Yeah. <laughs> but to touch on I want to what, what Robert that. mentioned about the music, I hmm. that one moment where you ride to Mexico yeah. with that song. That too. That will always stand out as one of the absolute best moments of artistry mm-hmm. in a game for me. Like that whole emotional ride to Mexico and what it represented to John. was just... Man, there's nothing like
0: it in an open world game. It was a great crafted moment in an open world game.
2: I mean, I just remember the feelings that swelled within me as I experienced that moment. It was so incredibly powerful of what his journey represented at that point in time. And, uh, you know, also online as well. I mean, Mm -hmm. I still remember riding up with my posse. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And take it on ports, <laughs> and
1: oh man, that was a blast. That online component was one of the only Xbox 360 yeah. online co- things that I ever, excuse me, ever did.
2: Mm. It was incredible. I mean, for 2010, it just says a lot about where games were at the time. And uh, that also brings me to my next one, which was also released in 2010. Uh, that'd be Limbo. Uh, that's another honorable mention for me. I'm probably getting low on actual games for my top five. <laughs> uh limbo uh, if you know me you know i love survival horror stuff i love atmospheric immersive games and limbo when it came out on xbox live arcade it was nothing like it anywhere else like just the fact that the story was so centered on not being in your face like you had to actually interpret your surroundings and metaphorically evaluate what mm-hmm. is transpiring on the screen. And along with the gameplay mechanics, yeah. it was just incredible.
0: I've never played it, but I've always been intrigued by the art style. It is
2: right. a ride. <laughs> uh, I would say Limbo defined Xbox Live Arcade, oh,
0: Well, wow.
2: along with Braid. I think those two games go hand in hand, and why Xbox Live Arcade was such a uh, success back when it launched. I mean, there's a lot more I could say on it, but I don't want to take too much time. But uh, Limbo was fantastic all the way through. Um, gosh, I guess so many games written down here. just All these memories <laughs> well, were... If you uh, going to keep talking
1: about honorable mentions, I could just add like 17 more to my list right now, and they won't all be <laughs> no, Assassin's Creed right games no. either.
2: I mean, uh, I guess I'll start getting into the top five. Okay,
0: these are, these are Kyle's top five games. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm
1: I'm stoked. Mm-hmm. I want to see what what you came uh, up
2: with for your. I'll get the obvious one out of the way because I know I talk about it a lot. Um, I'm going to mention the Dark Souls series. Hmm. I can't particularly nail down the one, but it's a tie between Bloodborne and Dark Souls One. Um, for me, it represents that challenge that is really lacking in games today. Uh, Single-player games, I should clarify, not multiplayer. Um, the gameplay mechanics of it overall emphasize the lore and the the universe that it's in. Uh, basically, what I really enjoy about gaming is immersive experiences, and I think Dark Souls nails it. The series nails it altogether. So, for me, for me, somebody who's never played a game like that,
1: yeah. which, which one, if I were to jump in head first, which one
2: would See, you... that's an interesting question, because technically the series starts way before even Demon Souls came out. Because uh, the developer from Software, they made games in the past like Armored Core and uh, the Ace Combat series, I think... So you can tell they brought some elements from those into their games, and uh, I think they may have also developed another PS1 game back in the day that borrowed elements from what they would bring into future titles, but I think you should start with Dark Souls 1. For okay. sure. I uh, did try playing Demon Souls at one Demon point. Demon's Souls, uh, for me personally, it was a great game. Like It was fantastic, but... That game was too confusing for its own good. (laughs) And, you know, basically with the servers now shut down, it's not going to be the same game. Yeah. uh, Because you have to grind out these tendencies for the world. There's white world and black world. And you have to do certain things to adjust the level of it. And depending on what tendency the world is, uh, different characters can appear and give you new items, new quests. Well, not quests per se, but... You know, different NPCs you can interact with. Gotcha. But Dark Souls 1's a perfect entry point, I believe. It just captivates... Oh, it captivated me. I mean, that's why it's in my top five. <laughs> it's interesting to
1: see what that what that series did, specifically what Dark Souls did to that genre, mm-hmm. and how games... You get games like Elix, you get games like The Surge, you get uh, Salt and Sanctuary, the 2D, yeah. 2D Dark Souls-like, and where that genre is going and how it's still... I don't know if it's... It is, would you classify it as its own genre, or is it just a a more well-thought-out
2: hack-and-slash? That's a really good question. Um, if I had to really... <laughs> well, you don't have decide. to worry about
1: it. I was, I was curious what your
2: thoughts were on that. I would classify it as its own genre. I wouldn't know what to call it. Most people call it a Soulsborne. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, obviously, that's the meme name of it, but... I think for those games, they're so unique in what they offer to the player. Yeah, Jim. They put you in this world. They say, go figure out what the hell you have to do in it to survive. And they pretty much just leave you to your own devices. You investigate the story by actually reading the descriptions of the items. They don't just give it to you. They have to give you some NPCs to interact with, but they don't really talk about who they are or, huh. you know, what they're doing in the world. You have to find that motivation out yourself by following their events. And gotcha. as you help them, they appear later in the game. Huh. But I think for me personally, out of all of them, I have to put Bloodborne as the best one. Uh, just to put it in a nutshell, uh, I think what the world builds into as you progress further in the game it just opens up so many different Lovecraftian elements that I really enjoy experiencing in the game uh, I haven't really done a lot of reading into the Lovecraft stuff but just what that game throws at you is unbelievable to even comprehend, it matches the psyche of the characters living in that world <laughs> 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 to put it into a brief statement uh, so anyway, uh, that's my first one, and this is in no particular order, by the mm-hmm. way. Okay. Uh, just whatever I feel like. It's feel like in it, the moment. It's kind of hard to put games yeah. in any sort of numerical <clears throat> like ranking.
0: It's all subjective. Yeah.
2: So I've done one. Let's see. I think I'll go with this one next. Um, this one isn't necessarily my favorite game for the game itself. I think it's my one of my favorite games for what it represents to the whole franchise as a whole and the future of that franchise. And I think that will be Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, as a Zelda player, like I also have Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask written down here. But uh, I think out of all three of those, I think what the future of the franchise is going to settle on is this direction. It's such a good way to go from... <laughs> It's open world done right, I think. Uh, I immediately played Horizon Zero Dawn after playing Breath of the Wild. And the first thing that came to my mind was, God damn it, I can't climb anything. (laughs) 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 I just want to climb. And you can't do that in other games. And that little mechanic just opened the door for so much unique exploration opportunities. Uh, I think... Another aspect of it is the fact that from here, there's so much potential for future installments of the franchise. Because uh, prior to Breath of the Wild, we had Skyward Sword. My God, that was a dull game. (laughs) I never played that one. (laughs) And then Twilight Princess before that was okay, but again, it just copied what worked in the past, which was Ocarina of Time. And I was getting fatigued from it. Like It was just getting to be a chore to play Zelda. And I was like, I never thought this would happen. (laughs) My 11-year-old self is like, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) This is is Zelda!
1: Is that how you spoke when you were 11 years old? Exactly. (laughs) What the hell? Well, The weird thing is is that's usually what Nintendo is so good at, is not iterating, but Mm -hmm. making new leaps and bounds in their franchise. They innovate a lot, but
2: within their own franchises, they... Well, they just don't follow through sometimes.
3: Hmm.
2: Like, I remember with uh, Mario specifically, Galaxy was amazing. Hmm. And Galaxy 2 was even better. But the fact that there even was a Galaxy 2
1: yeah, just <laughs> shows <sure>. you.
2: <laughs> they, they seem to do this repeat thing for each generation of consoles. Hmm. Like, they'll stick with one method for, like, Wii, and then they'll...
1: Well, they had to make something that went along with the Wii...
2: Waggle, motion the waggle, yeah. yeah. And they kind of just copied and pasted and add new ideas. But I think Zelda Breath of the Wild, what it does so well, is uh, it just opens the door for so many new ideas to come into the history of the franchise. Because hmm. there's so many opportunities there to expand upon those fundamental design decisions. That's what I love about it so much. That's some college words right there. <laughs> Robert. Robert and Kevin are just looking at me with wide eyes like, "What the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> should be teaching us?" <laughs> but from a game design standpoint, I think Zelda, Breath of the Wild," not so much for the story, like it's kind of forgettable, to be honest. And uh, I mean, the characters are, have their moments, but it's the gameplay. I mean, it's repetitive as you play longer and longer. But they have such a great foundation to build so much more on top of
3: hmm.
2: what's possible in the franchise that it's got me excited again. And for that reason, it's in my top five. Nice. nice. Um, <clears throat> next one on the list. I have to talk about this one. Uh, Dead Space. Ooh. Um, I'm a huge survival horror fan. Watching my older brother play Resident Evil on the original PS1 when he would rent it from a Blockbuster or something scared the <laughs> out of me, and I was like, "Why am I so afraid of this game and zombies?" And you know, I I was always so fearful of Resident Evil because of that reason. And uh, it wasn't my first exposure to survival horror. I played uh, Resident Evil eventually. Like the remake is one of the greatest remakes of all time. If you've played it or have experienced it or not. Not I haven't. But uh, I'm really hoping the Resident Evil 2 remake is going to be in the same vein of that. But uh, when Dead Space came out, it was a huge leap for me personally. I just turned 21. It actually came out on my 21st birthday, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. <laughs> and great. it was the day I made the leap from standard definition to high definition. Ooh. And that was the first game I played on it.
0: This is like the day you became a man, basically. Uh, Yeah.
2: I lost my uh, HD virginity that day. (laughs) You didn't have to go to the bar to feel like a man on your 21st. You had to get
1: an HDTV and play some... uh, And a six-pack of
2: Corona. (laughs) I'm not going to comment on that. Uh, But aside from that perspective, um, Death Space is just a passion project through and through. Like, the game is built with every single amount of detail painstakingly added to the game. I mean, compared to other games nowadays, it's obviously not as technically marvelous. But what Dead Space does so well is that it seamlessly immerses you into the game. And some people might disagree with that. but I tried playing it, and I didn't. I gave it, like, maybe two hours, and I was like, I'm not feeling it. Yeah, yeah. It. I don't know what it was about it, but the fact that there's no HUD, and it's incorporated into the game's mechanics. That was ingenious. It's incredible. There's no other game like it. Yeah. There really isn't. Yeah. Like, I have, I still have yet to see another game do that as well as Dead Space. Yeah. And from there, like, the sound design, playing that with headphones is, like, the craziest thing you can do in gaming. <laughs> aside from playing PT with headphones. No thanks. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I can't do that. No way. Um, But even on a gameplay perspective, the fact that the weapons each have like an alternate fire that changes the functionality of the weapon is, there's just so much detail in the game. Uh, The story leaves a lot to be desired with later installments. (coughs) Yeah. But we'll get See into Mass that. Effect and Dragon Age. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dead Space through and through, just everything about its design is so well thought out. It makes me want to be a level designer. If I could acquire that opportunity, I would mm. use that as my inspiration. Nintendo's hiring right now for Zelda. They are. <laughs> I read that today. I, I'm I like, it's, today time, it's time. It's time. Zelda job. level designers. Yeah. And for that... uh, And plus, you know, with survival horror in general, um, I was really debating hard on whether to include Silent Hill 2 on my list as well, but I didn't want to have two survival horror games Mm -hmm. in my top five. What Silent Hill 2 does well is it feeds off of your imagination, whereas Dead Space, it's like practical, it's real, it's in front of you. You see everything that happens, like with the enemy design, the weapon design, the functionality of everything, of all the technology around you, it's just it builds for such a great immersive experience. I mean, it's hands down, nothing's come close to it in my opinion. Okay. So that's nice. that's that's that one. Um, I got two more left, don't I? Yes, sir. Oh God, there's I too know, many. It's hard. <laughs> I could just. I just I... wrote all these down too while you guys were talking. <laughs> I thought about six too much more, just since you started talking about <laughs> space. <laughs> I thought of a few. Um, if I have to pick another one. You have to pick another two. Yeah, I do. <laughs> you don't have to. Because <laughs> I, I don't want to mention a couple of these because I feel like I take them for granted now. So I'm not going to do that. Um, I think the next experience I really feel fondly and look back on. I would say Half-Life 2. I was going to mm. that was one of them that I... Thought of as well. I would be surprised I, because of recent it. events. It really, really sucks to know that Half-Life Three is no longer being made. Um, what that it's pretty much what uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild did for open-world games. Half-Life Two did for first-person shooter games. Um, it is a technological masterpiece. Like even now with its gravity gun, it's still one of the best weapons in gaming, the thing- hands down.
1: I, one of the things that stands out the most to me about Half Life Two is the fact that there aren't tutorials, and you yeah. still know how to do everything mm-hmm. based on where they put lights and what characters say to you. Or we don't go to Ravenholm when there's saw oh, blades. God. Yeah, saw blades in the wall. <laughs> yeah, and the first, and I I watched this on a video too not too long ago, but it, about level design and tutorial design. Yeah, when you take the with the gravity gun. When you take one of those saw blades off the wall, that's when that first enemy pops in. Your initial reaction is to press that button to make it Throw fire, away. and yeah. you're like, "Oh, <laughs> I just figured out how to kill these zombies, or whatever those things with the head crabs walking on head crab zombies were." Oh god, with the saw so yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's it's fantastic the the music I'm sorry I'm stepping on your toes here with it no no you're, I could you're, go you're on you're for fine. 45 yeah. minutes just about the music in that game oh man that's um, incredible the atmosphere of it the just everything about it mm-hmm. uh, the the cutscenes weren't actual cutscenes they were just people that would talk to you while you're playing the game it's, exactly you don't yeah. see that even now very often mm-hmm. there are some games that'll do that but most games I mean God of War is a good example of a game that does do that like just with the stories with Boy in the Boat um but other games you have to keep pressing the button to get past that dialogue like you're probably wanting to do with me right now just kevin
2: stop talking <laughs> press x to continue get- well the thing about those games i mentioned already is that it has a silent protagonist and i think the best games for me are the silent protagonists because hmm. i insert myself into that focal point i'm in there like okay. i'm that character even though people talk to you and call you different names like you you feel like you're that character when it's a silent protagonist that's why I love Dead Space that's why I love the Dark Souls games I think that's the best uh, insertion point for the player to feel invested in that experience um, I could talk odds and ends about Half-Life 2 and what's done I mean when it came out it was just it was revolutionary like uh, for a first-person shooter like the sound effects of the guns like the shotgun, the magnum, the pistol, the pulse rifle, the pulse rifle. That exactly. was exactly yeah. That's you that's the feel one that just by God hearing. the way it sounds with the bass. Like I don't know how they did it, but they nailed the sound design. Yeah, it's incredible. Like there's nothing first person shooter wise that, in my opinion, comes close. But I haven't really played a lot of modern day shooters. Um, God, yeah, it just it really sucks that Half-Life <laughs> Three was canceled. <laughs> Valve, what are you doing? You can still go uh, back to
1: this day and play Half-Life 2. It's, and it's still, still fun. It's still fun. It's still fun. It really is. It really
2: is. And then, on top of that, episodes 1 and 2 are incredible. Man, they just—they really dropped the ball there. I, I, As a video gaming enthusiast, it just hurts really bad to have Half-Life 2 be the end of that With, saga. You never know what... Campo Santo is going to be working on. No. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. After Firewatch, you never know. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see. I had one more to go? Yes, sir. More. Oh, jeez. I think I already talked about all my favorites.
0: What <laughs> is bonus one, then? Mm, Throw us for those are the
2: most... Uh, the ones that stood out the most, like, immediately grabbed me. If I have to grab another one... uh. I'm sorry, guys. Well, let me throw one out there for you. Hmm.
1: I, this might not be you. It might be you and I together, but the Guitar Hero and Rock Band franchise. Oh. <laughs> Before that got driven into the ground.
2: Well, I would say this. Uh, it was a one-of-a-kind genre of games. Until it was a 100-of-a-kind. <laughs> yeah, and then it just died. But yeah. I mean, it wasn't like the best game of all time type material but as a party game it was a credible game. it was was a a great great party game game. and at a time when kevin and i were in our 20s uh man it was nice to have that kind of camaraderie with the rock band series and the guitar hero series
1: and i didn't get into that franchise until three guitar hero three
2: i actually i didn't even think of this i i bought the first one on a whim like i didn't even realize i wanted to play it but i bought it anyway and then I bought Guitar Hero too, and that was just awesome as hell. Rocks up. the '80s. And then, yeah, the spinoffs for that. And I don't know when it was that it really took off for us, but it was probably Guitar Hero Metallica. Because uh, you know, Kevin and I, we were going to go see Metallica in December, and we see Megadeth and Slayer, but it's on our bucket list to do. Yeah. And we're
0: excited to see it.
2: Hell yeah! <laughs> hell yeah!
0: <laughs> I will not be attending.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't hear.
0: Wasn't invented. But
2: uh, anyway, uh, I guess for the last one, it's got to be the most important one, and it's actually going to end on the same note as Kevin's. I think it's going to be World of Warcraft. Um, man, I, it's affected my life more than any other game. There's been bad times. There's been good times. There's been times where I don't even play it, but it's always there. Uh, World of Warcraft when it first came out, nothing like it. It just streamlined everything about the MMORPG process. Before and before World of Warcraft,
1: there was EverQuest, Dark right, Age of Camelot. Right, right. There there were a lot of games out there that were like it, but nothing as fluid, nothing mm. as streamlined, nothing as accessible as World of Warcraft.
2: It was very niche genre. Yeah. Like uh, I didn't have personal experience with EverQuest, but one of my first actual I wouldn't call it MMO RPG, but just an online RPG played with other people was Fantasy Star Online yeah. on Dreamcast. And uh I remember having a group of friends online that I would, you know, die to play with whenever I got home from school. And War of Warcraft just took that up to eleven <laughs> to go back to the guitar hero reference. <laughs> <laughs> like uh everything about it made sense um the world building just the fact that you could traverse all these zones on two separate continents it was so huge at the time and each expansion thereafter expanded that even more but i see what you did the quality you know wasn't always there but for the game that's affected me most personally it's warcraft i mean i dropped out of college because of it (laughs) so there's that um, I, I it got me through like that. it personally got me through the passing of my grandfather. Uh, it got me through my own religious turmoil, which <laughs> Kevin and I both share. Um, different extents, but got me through high school, college. Man, it's just it was always there for me. So, I'm an addict. <laughs> although my i'm taking a break i'm an addict a <laughs> <The> wow addict <laughs> wow i mean i still it's my dream to go to blizzcon one day and maybe do it for this show that'd be awesome so. See, that's the thing that
1: blizzard does really well with their games is they'll take a genre like the mmo and make it their own and now oh, yeah. everybody compares any mmo that comes out to Warcraft to world of warcraft Anybody compares any RTS nowadays to StarCraft or WarCraft. Oh, yeah. uh, any top-down RPG is a Diablo-like, or a Diablo clone. It's That's what it is. And there are games that I enjoy playing better than modern-day Diablo. Like, Diablo 3 is fun, but it's not as fun as Grim Dawn. It's not as fun as... Uh, I had a lot of fun playing the Van Helsing games. Uh, the Adventures of Van Helsing. Blizzard <clears throat> does make their game the one to imitate.
2: Hmm. Anyhow, to make a long story short, uh that's my top five list. Uh I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Uh <laughs> I think I went the longest. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's okay. That's okay.
1: I, I'm doing editing so I can play yeah.
0: with Yeah. First episode.
1: And now not only do we know a little bit more about each other, but you know a little bit more about us as well.
0: Yes. Yeah. Thanks for getting to know us. Yeah.
1: So, Robert, what have you been doing lately?
0: Oh, boy. Well, let's see. This weekend, I finished Far Cry 5. Nice. Got that when that came out. Um, Big fan of the Far Cry series since Far Cry 3. Never played the previous ones. Um, Yeah, Far Cry 5 is a lot of fun. I like that it came back to, uh, like, America, I guess. I like the rural uh, setting rather than, like, you know, past ones have been, like, tropical or Himalayas or whatever. Mm -hmm. I like that it felt close to home. Um, Story was, you know, it's it's a Far Cry story.
1: Did the game, when you were playing it, did it feel like you were playing first-person shooter Assassin's Creed? Because that's what Uh, Ubisoft games nowadays are to me. It's not just all Assassin's Creed. mm -hmm. It's every game's the
0: same. (laughs) Uh, It's in it to me. And it actually kind of differentiated itself from uh, the past Far Cry's because you don't have the towers to unlock now. It's just uh, the map just naturally unfogs wherever you go. So yeah. it's... I was never a huge, like, hater of the tower element at all in really the first tired place. I got it.
1: I didn't hate it. I just... It's like, oh, it's another tower-climbing <laughs> Ubisoft game. They did it with the crew their multiplayer... Did they really? Yeah, their multiplayer driving racing game, they had radio towers to Weird. unlock portions of the map.
0: I always wanted to play that because I liked the idea of driving across the country. But I played I, the bit. It was pretty fun. I, I would never pay to play I, it. I think I played the demo and I didn't like the driving mechanics, so I never played it any further.
1: I actually played it with mouse and keyboard. and It actually <laughs> felt pretty good. <laughs> honestly. Maybe that's the difference.
0: But, uh, so I finished that. It was good. I think I'm... I finished basically everything, so I don't feel the need to go back and play anymore, but once the yeah, DLC comes the out, uh, I think damn near. Nice. Yeah. I think there's, like, one or two things. Like, I I hate games where they have, like, time challenges or, like, yeah, you know, like in this one they have, like, you know, you have to get in the plane or your, like, skydiving suit, your wingsuit, fly through the the rings oh, and all that yeah. in a certain time, and I hate those kind of things, so I didn't do those, but, uh. So That's good but the thing i really wanted to talk about was sunday i downloaded firewatch it's just 5 bucks on xbox live and i booted it up and i played the entire thing through to the end in one sitting damn and i think it was like 4 hours i think it's a pretty short right, game yeah. but it i don't ever play indie games and it like blew me away with what they did with such a such a short amount of time and the beginning, like, tears you apart.
2: Yeah, it does. Yeah.
0: It's a great way to begin the game. And then the the voice acting and the writing is just oh, yeah. stellar. Mm-hmm. That's what really made it. And it makes me want to go back and play it again. Just, you know, even though it's just you're walking around, you're, you know, going over here to investigate this or that. But the dialogue the entire time between your character and Delilah, who's kind of like your boss in another tower... Even though you guys never see each other, the writing and the characters and the voice acting is just superb. And It was a fantastic game, and the art style the art is, is really That was something really that always unique. stuck
2: with me, yeah. was yeah. how gorgeous that game looked it, and all the trailers really that is. were leading up to it.
0: And it's got me really excited for whatever Campo Santo does next. Now they're on my radar. and I think the next... It's cool because the next game they're doing is set in Egypt. So oh, nice. It's oh. Uh, in the valley of... The gods or in the valley of kings or something like that hmm. they released oh, a trailer I, I saw the trailer. yeah it comes out next year but so it's kind of cool like this game i just found that i loved and now they're doing one of my favorite settings so. have you played
1: any of those other style a game like gone home or what remains of edith finn i
0: have not but i think now that i have played this i'm gonna you know next time they go on sale i'm gonna pick them up gotcha cool.
2: nice yeah. So you've opened yourself to a new genre. I
0: think I have. Basically. Nice. My and eyes have been popped opened. You your cherry on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I did. The <Very laughs> previous nice. experience I had with indie games were uh, PS3, like Flow and oh, yeah. Flower. Flower. Journey. Yeah. Journey I always wanted to play, never got around to. Oh, that's a good one. Those I think were the the other only other indie games I've played, really. But hmm. So that was what I've been into lately. Cool. Yeah. Anything else in just in life? Just in life, oh, well, you know,
1: how's the wife and kids? Oh, well, wife and kids
0: are good. <laughs> I am married. I have children. Makes it kind of hard to game all the time. I think I probably game the least out of all three of After us. You just told us
1: that you beat Firewatch in one sitting or played good. through all of. Hey,
0: four them. hours while the wife is at work. That's you know, fair. that's that's fair. That's easy to do. Babies to sleep. But, <late. laughs> you know. but uh, yeah. So it uh, takes me a little while to play a game but
2: I do that more by choice.
0: Yeah. I'm savoring it.
2: For me it's second nature.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so what have you been up to? Like well, uh I spent the weekend 100% in God of War. Finished the game. Uh the reason it wasn't in my top 5 is cuz it's still kind of fresh. I'm still processing it and it's legacy. Um phenomenal game hands down like if it wasn't for some of these other games on my list it would definitely be there uh, just seeing Kratos as an evolved character from you know oh Zeus gotta <laughs> die you know just being a general jerk. having Kratos show that character development made for the game uh, it just really lifted the story like, significantly. It was a new game. It,
1: it, it was God of War, but it wasn't.
2: I can't really quite put my finger on it, but... This is something I wanted to discuss for maybe next week when I've had more time to think about it. What it does well is that it takes a linear game and it makes it open. Which is kind of like what I'm looking for in a game. It like flips the game mechanics and the game design on its head. By showing, hey, you know, you get to the Lake of Nine, you go where Ooh-hoo! you want. And the cool thing about <laughs> that is, like, Atreus makes
1: it makes a point of saying, hey, we know we've got to go to the mountain, but we can explore if
2: you want. And that's what's great about the game is uh, there's so many we'll see. secrets that you can find just by taking a different path than the main story, which I know a lot of people, when they have a new game come out they just blow right through the main story and they don't take the time to look around and explore and experience the whole game Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and uh god of war is one of those games where i just took every opportunity i could to go off that beaten path and explore and just have fun in the game just i
1: personally I, i personally love that chris judge voiced kratos Indeed, I, I, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> yes, a couple of
0: Stargate fans right there. <laughs>
1: I love Stargate. I miss Stargate. And, um, you know. I might make you watch that sometime, Robert. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Maybe I, I've seen the movies. movie with James Spader. Okay.
1: Oh, that's and a Russell. Russell. There you go. Yeah, nice. Yeah, Kurt Russell. Yeah,
0: he, he might Kurt Russell be. Russell was pr- the, just the main character. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs>
3: it's been
0: a while. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs>
2: you see that movie? Curb What was that about all you did this weekend? Well, I actually, after finishing that on Saturday, I checked out a couple of games. I tried playing Assassin's Creed Origins, like I mentioned, earlier in the day. and I played that for about 45 minutes and got through the intro section and got to see what. Mm. But uh, I need more time with that one, I think, before I really... You know, don't suffer from the side effects of open-world game fatigue. Yeah. Because, my God, there's so many open-world games now, mm. and it's so hard to keep up with them all. Because just this year, I've played Horizon Zero Dawn 100%, Breath of the Wild 100%, and now God of War
3: 100%. Yikes.
2: And then there's, I still want to play Assassin's Creed, and then there's Red Dead Redemption 2 coming out this year. you do? Oh, God, just, I'm getting burnt <laughs> out on these games. I've
1: been open-world fatigued for a while. Yeah, it
2: just eats at you. Like, right? Even before that, there was GTA V. I played all the other Assassin's Creed games in the past years. The Super Mario Odyssey, to an extent, is an open-world. was it's
1: many minor, miniature open worlds. Yeah, yeah.
0: I was kind of surprised not to hear that game on either of your, like, even honorable mentions. It was Because great, I remember when you guys were playing it, you uh, were...
1: It was, it's my favorite Mario game, yeah. but it's not one of my favorite games.
2: I don't know why it didn't really stick with me, but as soon as I beat it, I just completely forgot about it. Yeah. It was fun, but it didn't stick with me, really. I'm not really a Mario person, per se. I'm not a Nintendo person, per se. Because I haven't even played Super Mario 64 that says a lot right there. Yeah, because that's like the best one. Even I've played
0: that. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not a Nintendo. Exactly.
2: Guy. I have never played <laughs> Super Mario sixty four. Like I've probably fiddled around with it here and there, but I've never really played the whole game through. Gotcha. And another thing I hate about those games is collecting everything. It takes too damn long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I definitely am no, not going to get anywhere near hundred percenting.
0: You don't have to 100% every game, Kyle.
2: Well, there's always games where it's fun to do so. God of War is definitely one of those games. Mm. Mario gets old because you keep hearing him make all that noise every time you jump. And, you know. (laughs) Anyway. um, I played a
1: little bit more of God of War. I am still, I'm nowhere in that game. I probably put a good 15 hours into it. And I am... I, I'm nowhere. <laughs> I'm nowhere. I got the chisel.
2: That's all right. You're about, I'd say, a third of the way through. Really?
1: Yep. I because it doesn't feel that way. But I, I'll take your word for it. Wait, the chisel? I got the oh, chisel. Oh,
2: that's from the giant, right?
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, you're probably halfway then. Really? Yeah.
1: That is a short game.
2: Yeah. Because I mean, I've I've the main that a lot. I spent a lot of my time just exploring, like I said. Yeah, that's what I was.
1: I've been doing yeah. too. I've been. I got to a point where there's some a lot of the side in the game. Was like, okay, I might come back to this later because you're level six and I'm level three. But anyway, yeah, a mm-hmm. little bit of that. I'm watching the remix version of season four of Arrested Development
0: right now. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, and they just dropped the season five trailer. It dropped like it. It didn't just. It's- Float it dropped, literally dropped. It was, it was dropped,
0: made it splash.
1: One might say that I wouldn't, but one might. (laughs) Uh, I'm really excited for that. I'm huge on Arrested Development and Mm -hmm. Ron Howard as a director. I'm very stoked for Solo.
0: Yeah, Solo's gonna be good. Yeah, that's something we're looking all looking forward to. Even the non Star Wars
1: guy there, yeah because it's not star wars. <laughs> <laughs> it's arrested development. Yeah, I uh, I was at the beach this weekend. I didn't get to do mm-hmm. much of the podcast planning this weekend that I wanted to do, getting making sure the microphones worked. That was a big <laughs> one that I you know, knowing to turn up the volume on the mixing board to get to record. That's usually something you want to know in advance of recording. That might help. Mhm. I figured it out. It's all good.
2: Yeah, that's that's what I've been up to.
3: Nice.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, and I play a little bit of a uh,
1: Hyperlight Drifter. Nice. Well. I've been playing a game called Dead Cells. It's in oh, early access on Steam right I now. I heard that was fun. Yeah. It's really good. It is mm. really good. It's a they. It's a procedurally generated Metroidvania like, but you collect stuff throughout you make progress throughout the runs. like the, You have cumulative progress with your unlocks. Mm-hmm. Like Rogue Legacy, I think, was the last uh, kind of a roguelike, roguelite game that was like that that was of any note, where you don't just waste all your progress after you die. You actually make progress by having unlocks throughout the run and mm. builds up to the point where you can get to the next level and then you die and then you get to that level again unlock something else. But the combat is really fun. Nice. It is really good. I highly recommend that you mm. look at
3: it. Mm. I've
1: yeah, been be great. I've been thinking about playing Darkest Dungeon. I know you did not like that game, Kyle. Oh man, no. And I know Robert will probably never play it or even look at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably right. You never know. That's for another <laughs> episode, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's
2: that's Kevin. And good, uh, Kevin. Just to touch on Hyperlight Drifter, I played it for about 10 Sorry. minutes, maybe 15. Um, didn't really do a lot for me. I'm sure the art style is regarded as pretty cool for 8 bit. Do you know if they've. But the gameplay didn't really stick out too much to me.
1: I know shortly after release they were talking about upping it from 30 FPS to 60 FPS for whatever reason. For Hyperlight? Yeah. Oh. That game was made in Game Maker Studio. Which, if you start off by making... I, I've dabbled a little bit with Game Maker Studio. Um, if you start off by making a game at 30 FPS, you're stuck with that unless you edit every single code that references a sprite that moves at a certain speed. Oh, You go to every room and change the, the room's that speed. That sounds like a pain, yeah. And I heard that they were doing that. I don't oh. know if they ended up doing it or not. Hmm. Uh, I played about an hour of that game. It wasn't my jam.
2: But yeah, it didn't really... Do anything gameplay wise very well. It just kind of felt like a button masher. It kind of I had. I the like same, the aesthetic of it though. It looks it great. Pretty, yeah. Yeah.
1: I had the same reaction to that that I did to Titan Souls. Oh, I. I think that was the name of it, right? Yeah, Titan Souls. Yeah. I bought it at launch, just like with Hyperlight Drifter. I bought both of those games at launch. Played them each for maybe half hour, forty five minutes, and never played them again.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I have a short attention span for video games, but I. <laughs> I thought that I would love both of them. I was really excited for them. I really was.
2: It happens. Yeah.
1: Do you guys see that Runner Three was announced? And it's coming out this month. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Did did you guys ever play? Runner Two. was fun. Runner Two is amazing. I love. I even have on uh, PS4 now. I've got the Bit Trip collection of the original Bit Trip six games, Mm -hmm. and then uh, Runner Two. And I'm really looking forward to Runner.
0: I'm not even sure if I've heard of it. What kind of game is it?
1: Endless Runner. Not Endless Runner, sorry. It's a it's a runner where
0: it's okay. kind of rhythm-based
1: in a sense mm-hmm. to where every time you jump or every time you uh, hit an enemy or break through a wall or whatever you do, there's a sound that goes with it. And you do have to do it
2: at a specific time, so it's sort of rhythm-based but sort of not. It's mm. it's kind of like Twitch gaming where you have to react to what's coming at you really fast, otherwise mm. you
1: die. It's it's a lot more fun than it sounds. Mm. I, honestly, if you play Run or 2 for, give it a half hour, you, I think you'd
2: have fun with it.
0: I'll have to check that it out. It was fun.
2: I remember I wasn't really familiar with the genre that I remember you having Run or 2 and mm-hmm. showing me. And then I ended up buying on Steam and playing the hell out of it. <laughs> it's really good. I tried really hard to get the triple, per- perfect, the plus. triple perfect plus, but yeah. I, I couldn't do it. I think I ended up doing that on every single level. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so to perfect the level
1: is mm. to beat it without dying. You triple perfect it by beating it on the hardest difficulty without ever dying, without stopping and dying. Uh, the plus is be- at the end, without dying, you get shot into a cannon. You shoot yourself out of the cannon that's like swaying up and down, and you got to aim at the center of a bullseye. You get the triple, you get, the, you get plus. the triple perfect plus. So yeah. you have to get a triple perfect plus on every level, 100. percent And I didn't 100 percent the games. I didn't get all the the collectibles in the the like the B sides or that's Celeste that calls them B sides, but in the oh the 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 8-bit retro levels i didn't get all the collectibles in those Mm. but Mm. i did triple perfect plus every level and i felt pretty good about it nice yeah Yeah. so that's that's about all we've got time for this week so thank you for listening uh tune in next week wherever you got this podcast i at this point i don't know where we're gonna be up if it's I imagine we'll be up on iTunes and Stitcher, and probably on YouTube because it's really easy to get up on YouTube. Uh, as far as, as and SoundCloud, uh, just stay tuned to uh, pushingbuttonspodcast.com for future episodes. Thank you for listening. I've been Kevin.
2: I've been Robert. And Kyle. And good night. Or thanks. Good
1: morning.
3: Or bye.